The holidays aren't a sleigh bells and mistletoe. They're also airports, shopping malls and dining tables crowded with people. So, uh, some you're glad to see only once a year. Give yourself the ultimate gift of a stress-free holiday with Next Evo Naturals, fast-absorbing CBD products. Next Evo's stress CBD complex gummies and clinically proven to have four times better absorption than the standard CBD. No other CBD brand can promise that. I had some people over for the holidays, bloody family and friends, <laughs> which is normally pretty stressful, but I popped some uh, Next Evo CBD gummies and before that, yeah, I just started to like the people. Yeah, you feel stress-free. started to like them. They go, it's totally stress-free. Yeah. Next Evo Smart Absorb technology delivers CBD to your system in, in as little as 10 minutes, unlike other CBD brands. Regular CBD oil works more slowly because of how our bodies process oil-based ingredients compared to water-soluble supplements. And regular CBD only activates 2 to 10% absorption. So over 90% of what you're taking goes to the waste. Nothing. Smartzorb upgrades CBD's natural absorbent power. It's scientifically formulated to deliver more CBD fast. The only brand, brand clinically proven to deliver 30 times better absorption in the first 30 minutes. Help fight holiday stress with Next Evo's Natural Stress CBD Complex Gummy featuring ashwagandha. Ashwagandha. Clinically proven to reduce stress by 70%. Ashwagandha and CBD <laughs> work together to sort <laughs> to target the source of rising stress hormones like cortisol. Cortisol. Next Evo is the only brand that combines a natural patented Home whole plant ashwagandha that's eight times more powerful than regular ashwagandha. Believe me, than regular <laughs> ashwagandha and their hundred percent U.S. hemp-driven smart-sorbed CBD with four times absorption than standard CBD. That's wild. Get smarter CBD from Next Evo Naturals and get up to twenty-five percent off subscription orders. Of $40 or more at nextevo.com slash podcast. Promo code IDK. That's N-E-X-T-E-V-O dot com slash podcast. Promo code IDK. Dill. Doe. Which one's a herb and which one's a female deer? <laughs> <laughs> you, you might find out, and I don't know about that with Jim Jeffries. Oh my God. I'd run out of things to say. I always look around the room. We have a dildo in the corner. <laughs> it has the bathroom key on it, to be clear. And then I, we, and I we've, thought, we've brought it on the podcast before. <laughs> I rubbed it all over oh, yeah, I, like, I like how Jack said, it has the bathroom key, to be clear. <laughs> it's not just sitting there as some gratuitous bit of smut in the corner. It has a purpose. Yeah, you go to the bathroom with it. Yeah. It disappears. Uh, we just got back. We were, in, we were in Chicago. We were in New York. We did Indianapolis. Maybe the finest gigs of my life. I thank you for the standing ovations. <laughs> thank you. Uh, uh, my legs have withered away. What from being carried on everyone's shoulders everywhere. <laughs> It was such yeah. a fantastic time. Uh, no, we're pre-recording this. Uh, this, this. This comes out afterwards. So something horrendous has happened. <laughs> you can reference this point right now. <laughs> Jack, what do you got for us? We have life hackets. Ooh. Oh, actually, what's, what shows can I sell now that those ones are sold? Come to the Ace Theatre. 
Mm. No, no, no. There's stuff in October. Fort Lauderdale. Fort, Fort Myers. Fort Lauderdale, Jacksonville. So it's October 8th through the 10th. Florida tickets. Go to jimjeffries.com. People of Florida, come out and see me. You know that COVID's not real. <laughs> <laughs> New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans. Then we got the Ace Theater coming Austin, up. In, New Orleans, Austin, in Dallas. November. New Orleans, Austin, Dallas, Oklahoma City. Cancun. Yep. I'll be in Cancun in November doing gigs. So we've yep. got lots of big gigs coming. And, yep. And then Los Angeles at the 6th and 7th of November. Yeah, my favorite gigs, Los Angeles. It's good because my friends come out and I get to hang out with my family backstage. And I, I very much look forward to those shows every year. What do you got, Jack? For something moderately uncomfortable, there's somebody who's responsible for figuring out the impossible. It's Jack with his live hackets. Yay! I love live hackets. The other day with his Jack hackets, I actually showed Jack my uh, drinking out of the carton hacket, and he was he was. It's yeah. live hacket approved. Yeah, he you want to re-describe like, it for the group. Yeah, yeah you, you, you got to do it. You got to do it. Okay, so you know big milk cartons. <laughs> yeah. Your, your, your voice, the... your voice got interesting. I didn't know. I didn't know I did that. Uh, well, you know, they have the tip or whatever. Uh-huh. And if you try to drink it normally, the tip hits your nose and you can't drink it right. Jim's brilliant life hack. You turn it 90 degrees and drink it this way. So the side, the bit, the top bit goes to the side of your nose. It, it, it works like a charm. It doesn't feel natural because the weight distribution isn't quite right because it's so far over your face. But you make a good seal on that little hole, you'll have some <laughs> lovely milk without tilting your head back too far. Also works with orange juice. How about cups? Oh, yeah, a cup you just drink always the same just, way. Yeah. No hacks on that. No yeah, hacks. It's, it's, just, no a, it's just a big circle. Straightforward. There's, there's, there's no use with a cup coming in sideways. <laughs> a sippy cup? Uh, sippy cups, yeah, no, that's straight up. You just have that at the beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. sippy cups. On my house, i got babies now full of sippy cups. I'm sippy cup ready. I'm not pouring into cup. Oh. All right, first life hack today. Hey. Hey. You got a dead battery. Hey, yeah, you got a dead battery. This is the worst part of life hack gets. Is you got a dead battery. Hey, I think it's the best part. Hey. It's one of those rectangular like ones. Stick it on your tongue. Like you're doing you know, like some people hate these life hackets. Some people love them. Some people are so neutral and skip the segment. Who loves them? I do. It just turns out. Two people. Yeah, yeah, it, I, 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 I love them. It I turns out it. that the internet can be a nasty place. <laughs> yeah, it turns out people hate my guts on there. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anyone who wants to be famous, prepare to be hated. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fun yeah, being you, in the public yeah, eye you're at meant all. to be famous because people love you. But it's, <laughs> it doesn't turn out that way. The internet it's takes not something the that you, you notice are the nice ones. You only notice the angry ones. Anyway. You got a dead car battery yep. and you need to jump? I've been in that situation. And oh no, the terminals are all corroded. You look uh, at me because you know. <laughs> I know you, you hate you what I do. You had to say pour boiling water over the top of the terminals? No, or? you pour Coca-Cola on that sucker and it clears it up. Coca-Cola, what can it not do? <laughs> it cleans toilets. It tastes good. Wait, 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 wait. wait. You pour Coca-Cola on what? On the, on the contacts you'd put like the clips on. To get the corrosion away. And then how do you get the stuff off there? Just wipe it away. The ants come and eat it. <laughs> it takes days. <laughs> but that, like, mechanics use this trick. I learned this from my friend whose uh, uncle's a mechanic. He's like, yeah, I use the Coke trick all the time. Yeah. So it's a thing. Yeah, good work. Um, so that one's good. That's a good one. I'll use that one. What about the brush that cleans the terminals? 
The what? They sell a brush. That, in the oh, wait, you have to buy some that's meant to do it? No, yeah, right. this is that's all about right. stuff that's yeah. not yeah. supposed yeah. to yeah. do it. You have to buy the Coca-Cola, though. No, yeah, yeah, but that's like to drink. Jack already has Coca-Cola on him at all times. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I got emergency Cokes in the trunk. This, okay, this isn't, this is like MacGyver. Okay. Yeah. You can't yeah. go, yeah, you want to get a screw it? Get a screwdriver. That's not going to no, no, help. No, no. It's because you don't have a screwdriver. Yeah, you How get, do you, you get a screw out? You get a popsicle stick and, right. and another stick, and then you put them on with rubber bands and you spin sideways. Fucking hell. Don't oh, talk to obvious. me like I'm an idiot. Mm, okay. Next, this Good is one, one uh, my dad came up with uh, when he was visiting recently. This is a Hackett Hackett. This is a Hackett Hackett. This hack is hack Dad Hackett approved. Um, so he likes to run and his clothes are always sweaty. So if you don't want to hang them in the bathroom, what he found out is if you put the clothes on a hanger, you can take a face mask and put it around the railing and hang the, the hangers on the face mask ear bits. What, so you don't Wait, scrap the railing? You don't scrape the railing? Are we trying to protect the railing? The rapes. No, just like uh, the, the hook. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just said it rapes. I know I did. I don't know what word I was trying to say. To Raps. 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 Yeah. Raps. Um, Wait, has your dad just tried throwing his sweaty clothes in the washer? Well, he's like in a hotel. Yeah. So there's a railing. You can, it's too thick for the the hanger. So you put oh, the, mask. the railings do things. So you put the hanger, and then you the things, the whole. But that isn't strong enough. That breaks off in my ears all the time. How would that carry the weight? Would have to be a fabric mask. It couldn't be one of those. No, disposal. it was a medical one. I don't believe that. I have a picture right here. <laughs> I don't need. Wait, what? All right. If you really? got a, if he's got a picture. Yeah, see, yeah. and Louis, I'll send it to you so you can put it up. So, oh, oh your dad hangs it outside in the balcony. Yeah. Where's that at? Pasadena Hotel. Oh. Cool. Yeah. Your dad lives in Pasadena in a hotel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's he, where he lives. He, he just stays there to relax. <laughs> he likes looking at the mountains. He doesn't, he doesn't even call Jack when he's there. <laughs> no, I was in Pasadena right near you. <laughs> Could have called you. Goes out to Disneyland. Just drive my clothes. <laughs> Next life hack. These are going great so far. All right. This is the best segment so far. I'm ready for it to go horribly they wrong. They haven't been bad. No, they're not bad. No, I feel bad usually. Well, why do you said feel rapes. bad? I'm very supportive. I know. Yeah. You're just so supportive. I don't know why I feel bad. It's a mystery. Um, are you embarrassed by your uh, chopstick skills? Like you don't know how to use them very well? I'll say this about me. My chopstick skills are excellent. Mine That's are pretty good. Do you do it properly or are you just able to do no, it? No, no, I can do it. Because I don't do it properly, but I can use chopstick. Like, I have my modified method, but if... If I, someone that knows how to use it sees me, they'll be like, you're doing it wrong, but I can do it. I got two chopstick hacks today. Oh, wow. The first one, one is- The first one's a fork. <laughs> it is. It is. It's like if you go using to, your hands. It's, uh, if, you go, if you're embarrassed by chopstick skills but want Asian food, go to Thai restaurants because they don't use chopsticks very often. They use them very sparingly, and it's very normal in Thailand to just use forks. So if you don't want to look like an idiot, so go to you, a Thai restaurant. If you want sushi and then you buy the sushi, then you go sit at a Thai restaurant and you're like, give me a yeah, fork. That's, right. Give a fork. Yeah. that's right. You can get a fork at any Asian if restaurant. Not, right, that's kind of embarrassing, it, it, but it's it, totally normal to use a fork at a Thai I mean, restaurant. If you you can just not be use, insecure. If you don't want to use chopsticks, go to a steakhouse. <laughs> well, you know, I thought you guys would find it interesting that the culture in Thailand is they mostly use forks. Anyway. <laughs> That's the fun fact there. Anyway, the next one is a real chopstick trick, and I bought my own chopsticks to show you. Wait, wait, you have personal so, chopsticks? Dang. Yeah, I have a case cool of chops. I like it. Those um, are nice. So a trick I learned in Atlanta at a Chinese restaurant was to help train uh, kids how to use chopsticks. I'm surprised I don't see it anymore, but if you get the... Um, they put the little thing on the on the hinge. Yeah, yeah. The hinge. And then the the hinge band, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, great. That was it. <laughs> 
All right, just give me the chopsticks. I want. I, I want. You mean you've never seen this? I want to. Have, I, I've, I haven't seen it anywhere else since the restaurant in Atlanta. Oh no, no, everyone does. Yeah, they all do. It. They all do that. Yeah, it's for kids. kids. Yeah, that's the whole world. We thought it was at one restaurant. I don't know. I've just never seen it. Do you want me to put Betty it? Betty Hanna just pass it to her, and then she'll pass it to me, and everything. All right. So let me. I should still describe it in case other people haven't seen it. Yeah, show us. Show us how to do it. I was going to. All right. So. Uh, give me that water bottle. We'll see chopstick skills mm-hmm. if we can pick it up. There you All go. Right. Middle. Good form. Oh, well, that one's hard. Gatorade bottles heavier. Gatorade bottles are easy. There you go. Okay. The mug. Here's some wire. Yeah. Chopstick uh, skills. How about this? <laughs> that's, that's a plug. That's a big, heavy. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. I can pick up a pair of Ray Bans. Can you eat any of this stuff, though? So. No, I can't do that. I'm sorry for anyone who's just listening to this. So I, I do the two fingers like That's that. That's how I do it. I do the thing. Now, Forrest said he doesn't know if he does it right. Let's see. Oh, I don't do it right. I know I don't do it right. I just do it like this. And you don't I, cross, and do I, and you? I, and I, yeah. Well, don't cross. But try to pick no, 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 up, pick just, up some water pick, bottles. Yeah, yeah I, do, I, I do something similar to that. I don't do it like completely wrong, but, you know, like throw shit around. I can pick up glasses. Glasses are hard. Glasses are hard. You can't pick up glasses. And some chopsticks. I try, I try that. Gotta go to Thailand. Go to <laughs> <laughs> if you want to put those sunglasses on, go to Thailand. You'll be right. Pick them up with a fork. <laughs> Stop them. All right, show us the, the hack. Show the so hack. You get the, dispose, if you get the disposable chopsticks, that little wrapping paper. Mm-hmm. You roll that up into a tube, like so. And then you put it near the back, pinch mm-hmm. it in between. Now, you have to bring a rubber band with you. Um, uh, yeah. They, 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 they has have little bands. plastic mold things that go over the top and do and then this. You wrap yeah. it around like stuff. so. It's like the thing they sell to clean the batteries. They sell. Them. Yeah. <laughs> God, can we have a time lapse on this? <laughs> and then and then it yeah, springs open. This. It's yeah. good for kids. It's good yeah. for people who don't know it. Yeah, but you can only pick yeah. up small amounts. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't, can't get, get the wide you can't get right. the wide scoops. You can't get the wide scoops. Sushi roll, like a sushi roll. Be like when you're getting rice out of a bowl, you got to lift the bowl up, tilt it, bring it to your mouth, scoop it up, scoop it up. Anyway. So do you bring these chopsticks to restaurants? I do, yeah. I have my own chopsticks. Do you bring the restaurants? i got a whole box of them. I've got chopsticks too, but I don't bring them to a restaurant. i got some fancy ones when I was high. I've got some nice ones, but I don't bring them to restaurants. I use them at home. I don't bring them to restaurants. I'm not an animal. (laughs) That's what Jack said he does. I do. All right, so that's all of them. That's all I got today. All right. Nice. Let's uh, read some ads. All right. How do you uh, feel, Jack? I don't know anymore. That was, <laughs> I was good. I, I think it was good. Did really good. It was pretty good. I it was really all good. very, very positive. I told you, mine's all tough love. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> it just feels tough. Yeah, but there's love in there. Right. You got to search for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got you to use the chopsticks and move, right, move right, the right. tough part out of the way. I'll use your fork. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, this next one. This next one uh, is pretty close to my heart. Is it? Because it involves meat. Be prepared. <laughs> I was like, which one is it? <laughs> Pretty pre- be prepared for whatever life throws you with high quality meat delivered right to your door. Whenever you need a great tasting meal you can trust, Butcher Box is in your corner. Butcher Box makes it easy. Each box has nine to eleven pounds of meat of your choosing. Options like one hundred percent grass fed and finished beef. Free-range organic chicken, humanely raised pork, 
wild caught lobster tails and wild caught Alaskan salmon and sugar free bacon. That's the only meat I eat now is humanely or organic yeah. or, or raised properly. I don't want the animals to have a fucking shitty life. And so here we go. This is the good stuff. There's no better feeling than knowing you can skip the grocery store because there is a variety of butcher box meats already waiting for you in your freezer. Luckily, today's sponsor, ButcherBox is offering our listeners ground beef for life. Now, come on, come on. You've heard some promotions in your day, but you've never heard why someone said, do you want ground beef for life? (laughs) And for our Australian listeners, minced meat for life. (laughs) So we have a different word. For a limited time, ButcherBox is giving new members two pounds of ground beef in every order for the life of your membership. That's you giving that two pounds. That's feeding a family of fucking like 20 seven. Bucks. Yeah. 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 Imagine having never to shop for ground beef again. It has been the bane of my existence. <laughs> never again. I love shopping, just not in the ground oh beef aisle. Oh, my God. I, I never know when to get it because do I get it after I get all my stuff? To, do I get it before the frozen things or afterwards? How cold do I have to keep it? Wouldn't it be good if it just came to my house? In fact, like it's written here on this sheet, <laughs> the deal is a no-brainer. <laughs> I didn't know that's what minced meat was. Minced meat, yeah, minced yeah, meat. I always yeah. thought it was like minced. Yeah, like minced garlic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, grounding, mincing. It's, it's oh, like, yeah, when you mince something, I know, yeah, but okay. Yeah. All right, keep going, sorry. Good to know. Yeah. Okay, process is so simple that I can handle it. That's what they've written here. <laughs> M- <laughs> maybe the person that was writing that meant yeah. that, wrote that The process themselves. is so <laughs> simple that even a buck-tooth moron like me... <laughs> who can barely wash his own arsehole without the use of a hello tushy, uh, can handle it. I still have Jack to do I still have Jack to do it, but I could do it if I wanted to. <laughs> Is that you, written in there? You could. I could do <laughs> it. I could Jack do, do it. I could do it all by myself. It's not like filling out a simple form. <laughs> you, you sign up, choose what type of box you want, do do you want to personalize your choice and get a box that's or, or get a box that's already curated like a theater or a museum? Mm-hmm. Uh, do whatever you want. Then choose the frequency of your delivery. Now, for people living at home, frequency means how often you want to get. Oh. ButcherBox ships your order frozen at peak, peak freshness and packed with 100% in a 100% recyclable box. And shipping is always free. So don't bloody stay awake about that. You enjoy great tasting, high quality meat delivered right to your door. This is your chance to never have to shop for ground beef again. Okay. Imagine what you'll do with all that free time. (laughs) You'll never have to shop for ground beef again. That's right. ButcherBox is giving new members free ground beef for life. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash IDK and get two pounds of ground beef free in every order for the life of your membership. Log on to butcherbox.com slash IDK to claim this deal. Come on, free. It's free. Yeah. It's free. Love free stuff. If you want to look like you know what you're doing in the golf course, I'd recommend standing next to me whilst I play <laughs> golf. <laughs> but if you don't want to do that and you can't find me because I'm like the A-team, it, it starts with looking good for the part. Before cuts, Jack had no respect on the course. None. We were That's like, right. you're a moron. That's right. You can't bloody do anything with Coca-Cola. You're stupid. Mm-hmm. And now we say, you might be all those things, but you look good, son. 
Well, you can only guess. They've taken a classic men's fashion staple, the plain tee, and refined it, combining premium quality with minimalistic aesthetic. Cut shirts, polos, hoodies, and crew shirts are made for the man who works hard, plays hard, and never settles for less, all in the sport of business. Built for performance in the boardroom, the bar, or the gym, Cut's clothing keeps you sharp wherever the game takes you. Take the plain tee and make it all Tony Stark, so I assume they put some type of light bulb in the middle of it that glows. <laughs> oh, no, it's just, the, uh, it's just that he was good with technology. Uh-huh. Oh. The bleeding edge of fabric technology meets the man confident enough to wear it, Cut's clothing. Ah, uh, we, we wear the cuts. We all wear the cuts here. Yep. They sent us the box of cuts. Forrest wears the cuts. Jack wears the cuts. Uh, we haven't given anything to Luis because he drives a wooden car, and we don't want <laughs> we don't want cuts to get a bad name. So I wear his cuts as well. I actually pulled up next to Luis yesterday when we were leaving the studio, and his entire car was like smoking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone, someone, someone had a match near it. Um, he was getting his car tuned up yesterday, and it died when they were trying to back it out. <laughs> all right, all right, enough. <laughs> it was owned by John Voigt. Anyway, you guys know GQ, right? Like GQ the magazine. Mm-hmm. Well, they say that cuts, and this is a quote from GQ the magazine, and find me a time they've ever lied to you. They said the only shirt worth wearing. Mm. The perfect T-shirt. They nailed it. Next, cut set out to create fabric uniquely engineered for each clothing style. Consider the new Cuts hoodie. Uh, Whether they're developed Hyperloop French Terry fabric, a textile that is tempered, controlled, and ageless, you'll never need to take it off, and you certainly won't want to. (laughs) Cuts is a premium with a purpose. Each piece of Cuts is designed with custom-engineered fabric Expertly graded for the perfect fit, arming you for every challenge and opportunity. It's not just a lifestyle. It's not just a clothing. It's offer leisure wear apparel for the sport of business. Get 15% off your first order by going to cutsclothing.com slash IDK. That's cutsclothing.com slash IDK for 15% off the only shirt wearing. The only shirt worth wearing. Worth wearing. All right, please welcome our guest today, Matthew Gardner. G'day, Matthew. Now it's time to play. Yes, no. Yes, no. Yes, no. Yes, no. Judging a book by its cover. Have we got sound problems already? I saw you two look at each other. There was a little crackle, and then you two look at each other like, (laughs) "Uh, we had one job. Are we okay? (laughs) You want to start over? It always does with the you want to oh, start over? No, I like this. Yes, this. yes no. That's, no, uh, no. that was no crackle that time. Okay, oh, right. very and professional. Matthew can't hear any of the yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, he's yeah. like, "What the hell is wrong with these people?" No, I, I got to talk to Matthew. Okay, so we're ready to go. <laughs> Don't do it again, Jack. Take your finger off. Yeah, yeah, we, we're good. <laughs> okay, we're good. G'day, Matthew. Now I, I know. Okay, so I'm looking at the room that you're in. Now this is uh, the brickwork, the large sort of bricks like that, and those lights that come down with the. the it's not in the wall. The switches. You mean yeah. the conduit? Yeah, the see, conduit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe you're backstage in an office of a theatre. You're wow. correct. I've been to a lot of theatres, man. I know how they <laughs> bloody set up their lights. I was like, where is he going with the, no, with the no, bricks? No, no, I know a theatre. I, I know that grey couch. I've slept on one of them before. <laughs> <laughs> I should have picked a different background. All right. So, uh, is your specialty the theater? It is. All right. Is that if I musical picked theater? It? That's why I forced you to yell at me for saying Chicago earlier. 
Boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought it was going to be Chicago. Okay, all yeah, right. See, yeah. get Kelly said Chicago out loud before I go, shut up. Now, I, <laughs> I, 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 I studied musical theater in university. I, I, since then, my love affair with musical theater has been lacking. I haven't given her enough attention. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if uh, I, I might sound like a bit of a buffoon here, but I may do well. We try um, to keep the, the questions I, for I, you I, pretty basic. And then if you have questions for him later, then they're right, more right, interesting. All right, do that. All right. Let so me introduce Matthew properly. Uh, Matthew Gardner is a director, choreographer, producer, and arts leader residing in Washington, D.C., where he is the artistic director of Signature Theater. Matthew is a recipient of three Helen Hayes Awards for Outstanding Director of a Musical. He holds a BFA in directing from Carnegie Mellon University and is a member of the Society for Stage Directors and Choreographers. His Instagram is Matt C. Gardner, and that's G-A-R-D-I-N-E-R, -E and his website is Matthew-Gardner.com. Thanks for coming on the podcast. You can tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got to this point in your life through musical theater, if you want. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, thanks for having me on. I, you know, I have been doing theater since I was a young kid. I saw like a, a terribly miscast production of, uh, the whiz that my cousin was in when I was five years I old. Know, they never should have put Michael Jackson in that. If we knew what we know now. <laughs> yeah. hey, what and, what uh, was he doing it at the preschool for? <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Coming in hot um, today. <laughs> and then I, uh, you know, I've been been acting as as a kid, and I as has already been said, I went to college at Carnegie Mellon University and got a BFA in drama and uh, specifically in direction. And I have been at Signature Theater, where I'm currently sitting right now, for um, 16 years. Wow. I started as the resident assistant director, and am now the artistic director. Amazing. Great. Um, so I think Jim's going to do better than I, think uh, I, I just want. Okay, so the university I went to is very prestigious in Australia. I just want to see if he knows. Do you know Whopper? No, I oh, don't. Oh man, that was like the Western yeah. Australian Academy of Performing Arts. Uh, Hugh Jackman went there. That's the big thing, right? Yes. But, yeah, okay. You know him, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to ask Jim. Uh, some questions about musical theater to see what he knows. And then at the end of that, you can grade him on his accuracy, Matthew zero through 10, 10 being the best. And uh, Kelly's going to grade him on confidence. I'm going to grade him, et cetera. We'll add them all together. And if you get 21 to 30 points, singing in the rain, 11 to 20, talking in the snow, zero to 10, <laughs> <laughs> yelling into the void. All right. <laughs> all right. So first question. Um, Very good for us. Uh, thanks. First question. Well, that's all. I'm not into music. I haven't watched a lot of musicals. Singing in the Rain is like the only, <laughs> that's one of the only ones I've ever seen. So I was like, all right, we've got to work on that one. Um, all right. What are the roots of musical theater? Like, where did it begin? Where did it begin? Yeah. Like, just well, like, how it, did it, it come up? It would have been something that derived from opera to begin with. And opera classically is just sung. The whole thing is sung. You know, I mean, where musical theater is spoken then sung and spoken then sung and uh I, I when you say the roots i reckon it just would have been it, it, it's the same thing as when rock music turns into pop music turns into r&b turns into what you know the fads move along and things evolve i i believe it would have come from opera to begin with and then you had then like, you had like musicals that almost were musicals and then were almost operas like so you got like uh, Roger and Hammerstein um 
No, not Roger. No. Gilbert and Sutherland. Gilbert and Sutherland, you could classify as both opera and musical theatre at the same time. Things like Pirates of Penzance and the Mikado and stuff like that. Why are there always two of them together? Because it's hard to write things, man. Okay. You're always <laughs> it's have, always like, someone and someone. Someone yeah. writes the music, someone writes the <laughs> words. Sometimes they contribute to both. Sometimes, you know. So the difference between musical theatre and opera is just operas. Oh, op- opera is more operatic, is it, you know, because then, okay, so even when you, you go back say to- the word again. When, 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 okay, when you go, when you go back through opera, you've got things like people, purists will still go, no, Wagner, Wagner's a thing and Mozart is cheap, fluffy crap. And then you're going to Pacini and Pacini's, oh, they're just doing crowd pleasing songs and all that type of stuff. So yeah, I don't know what your question was, but that's- <laughs> I said the difference between musical and theater and opera. Said, okay. Opera they sing the whole time. Musical yeah, theater music, they do. Opera they sing the whole time mostly, and uh, mostly in musical theater. For the most part, it's English spoken sort of thing. I'm sure there'll be people who will go, "Oh no, there's a good Japanese musical theater show that you don't know." But for the most part, it's sung in English. Where opera is German, French, Italian, etc. What are book musicals? Uh, book musicals. Yes, that was a question. Uh, <laughs> the Book of Mormon's one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And uh, Godspell, it fucking involves the Bible. Jesus Christ Superstar, they're all book musicals. Okay. <laughs> musicals based on books. <laughs> what, uh, well, let's ask this. What was the first musical? I, I don't know. I don't know. I thought I you know. say Korg the Caveman musical. That's yeah, what you always I, say when I, you don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, 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 no. It was way after that. <laughs> okay. It'd probably be Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> Which <laughs> year zero? <laughs> hmm. Which musical ushered in the golden age for musical theater in 1943? The golden age of musical theater. Like, which musical? Which one musical ushered in the golden age for musical theater in 1943? Why was this show different? 1943. Okay, so it's mm. so now you're going back to. Okay, so I like old musicals, but you, you, now you're going back into sort of My Fair Lady sort of, actually that's like 1950s and that was Julie Andrews and I don't know, 1943. Okay. Uh, 1943, it would have been like Hitler's doing well, we're going to win this war, the musical. <laughs> Yesterday during our pre-interview, Matthew said these were easy and you'd probably get them yeah, all, but you're, no. not doing, you're not doing well. We didn't do that. We just performed musicals. Okay. They didn't ask us the first one. I, this is what my week was like. Do this dance step over and over and over again. Um, oh, that's my phone. How rude. Sorry. Um, do do this musical over and over again and uh, sing a song, do a monologue, off you go. And you did a little tiny bit, about one hour a week of musical history. Um, all right. Well, let, let's just ask you a few more and then we can just get into these as we, we go along. What, 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 how about this? What is the longest running musical on Broadway? Longest running musical on Broadway... Uh, this is oh, this, okay. So it's either Phantom of the Opera or Les Mis. Uh, I thought it was Cats uh, or Cats. Yeah, yeah but I, I, <laughs> I I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's Phantom of the Opera. What is the highest grossing musical of all time? Highest grossing musical of all time, I would probably say worldwide is Les Mis. But then there'd be an argument for uh, West Side Story because the movie has done so well, and there's another movie coming out, and the soundtrack is one of the biggest selling albums of all time. But like it, that doesn't count into the gross of ticket sales. I don't know. But like if you're talking over, but I'll say Les Mis is the biggest grossing. What are operettas? Operettas. Operettas are little tiny song, little operatic parts. 
What? Uh, is that right? Or are you just I making that up? I believe so. What did yeah, you even yeah, say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was a little tiny doctor. I thought he had a stroke. Operator. Operator. How many? So little tiny I'm operas? Doing, I'm doing so bad at this. I'm doing so bad. <laughs> okay, maybe you'll get this one. How many minutes are in a year? Oh, ten thousand Whatever. You, you gotta sing I always it. sing that song like this: ten thousand, twenty-one hundred, six hundred. I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I just say numbers. It's like when I'm doing Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I just say every color I can think of. It was red and green and blue and turquoise and brown and grey and off-white and eggshell. When are you doing? When are you doing this? Chartreuse in the shower. Ah, okay. You're, you're like whenever I'm doing. That. Okay. Who is Bob Fosse? Bob Fosse is the guy who uh, he he directed some musicals. He directed some movies. He was basically a choreographer. And uh, sorry, the most sort of famous thing is Fosse hands like that. Uh, he did the dance steps for uh, Chicago and Cabaret, and he directed the movie uh, Lenny about Lenny Bruce with Dustin Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Um, Cats was based on the work of which famous poet? Oh, um, I know this. Um, it's something like a C.J. Eliot or something, or a, not T.S. Eliot. Um, maybe yeah, T.S. Eliot. T.S. Eliot? Yeah, sure. I don't even know. It's based on a poem. Um, and then West Side Story. West Side is, Story is a, a remake of Romeo and Juliet. Okay. Um, so you're doing better now. The we'll original the casting of Tony in the movie West Side Story was going to be Elvis Presley. Uh, I love West Side Story. And Natalie Wood, you know, it was good in it, but the singing, you know, what is a jukebox musical? Jukebox musical is when, I, I don't know this for sure, but I think it might be when you do things like Rock of Ages where you get songs that already exist and you put them into a storyline. Similar to like We Will Rock You when they got all the Queen songs and they try to make the, sort of there was a story that a Billy Joel one called Moving Out and all that type of stuff. I, I don't know that for sure, but I think it's when they get existing songs and put them into musicals. So like, like Moulin Rouge would be a jukebox musical. Which pop legend wrote the music for Billy Elliot, the musical? Elton John. Oh, see, you're doing better now. Yeah. We just got to get into the actual music. Yeah, the, in the actual music. Oh, okay. Yeah, you start off. Don't ask me technical okay. questions. Here's like, what's a flute? <laughs> <laughs> I don't <Okay>. know. <laughs> Name the Oscar, Emmy, Grammy, and Tommy, Tony award-winning composer of musicals such as Cats, Evita, and Jesus Christ Superstar. That's Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, I think you're doing better now. And, okay. and t- Tim Tim Rice with the lyrics. I'll ask you this, and we'll just we'll start talking to Matthew. We'll get into a conversation about it. What what are your what are your top five musicals like ranks? Um, I put West Side Story as the number one musical of all time, and I'll fight yep. anyone who says different. Okay. Um, so that's number one. I'm a big fan. Being Australian, I loved The Boy from Oz, which is the story of Peter Allen that uh, Hugh Jackman won the Tony Award for. I love that. Um, I, Les Mis is never a, a fail for me. I always think that's a, it's a, it's my wife's favorite musical. She's obsessed with Les Mis and has been since she was a little child. Um, that's three. Uh, I like the old ones. I like, I like, like w- one of my big show stopping tunes in university when I had to sing, uh, for an exam or something, I used to do Freddie's song from My Fair Lady. So My Fair Lady has a soft spot and I still own the original recording with Julie Andrews in it before they brought in that hussy bloody what's the name that everyone thinks is good looking who bloody just smokes cigarettes all the time. What's her name? Um, Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you go over to a girl's house, if she has a picture of Audrey Hepburn and Marilyn Monroe on the thing, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> I used to. Don't, oh, yeah, don't. That's a basic ass. I won't say the word, but that's no good. 
Well, you know, you know, I'm really in the chick flicks, and I, the the breakfast at Tiffany's is not. Oh, it's about a prostitute who fucked everyone no, no, over. That's not the problem. The problem is she's not a terrible person. She's terrible. Yeah, she's terrible. Even at the end, she throws her cat out of the cab and in the rain. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, like, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, one more music. What's your top five? All right. I, oh, I can, I can, I can. Uh, Henry Mancini wrote Moon River, and he was also wrote Baby Elephant Walk. So this no, is one great. more. You need oh, one more. One more. Um, and your top five, you have West Side Story, The Boy From Oz. Escape to Margaritaville. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> Is no, that no. a musical? Oh, yeah. Is that Jimmy Buffett? I have oh, the T-shirt, the poster. Right, I'm going to pick like an old school one that I enjoyed as a kid. Haven't these all been old school? Yeah, but I like the old school. I still see the new ones. I'm going to put fucking Brigadoon in there, man. I did that Brigadoon. as a high school musical. I still hum tunes from Brigadoon to this day. Sinatra used to do covers of songs from Brigadoon. And since they've made the TV show Schmigadoon, which I was, obs- I was obsessed with Schmigadoon. Uh. <laughs> I fucking loved it. Yeah, he called me talking to me about it like as if. I talk to you about musicals all the time, and I'm like, I don't. <laughs> it was they did. I've the, seen Singing in the Rain and Hamilton, did, and that's about did, it. It was so. a Roger and Hammerstein uh, takeoff, you know, and they they did bits of Sound of Music, they did bits of Oklahoma, they did bits of Brigadoon in there. It was fantastic. Okay, let's talk to Matthew. Uh, Matthew, ha- <laughs> how did uh, Jim do on his knowledge of musicals? Zero through ten. Ten's the best. Uh, on his knowledge of like the roots of musical theater, well, everything, no, no, no. Every, the, everything I questions. asked him, all the questions, all of it. Yeah, I, I mean. I would give him like a seven. Yeah. Right? Ooh, would agree with he that. did pretty yeah. good at the end there. Yeah. 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 You didn't feel confident well, until the, the early end. stuff is so, when's yeah. the first yeah. one. And I, all I'd give you a seven as well. That, that yeah, was 14. Stuff, right? I'm going to give you seven. So you're at 21. So you're singing the right. We just paid $10,000. <laughs> so <laughs> you probably tried meditation before and it didn't work. Right. Or maybe you felt like you were doing it wrong. If mental health is part of your self-care plan this year, you owe it to yourself to try Headspace. Okay, Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditation and easy-to-use app. I started using Headspace myself because I've always tried to meditate, but my mind wanders, and the app helps you do that. It helps you give your mantras and stuff like that. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can make you feel better. Overwhelmed? Who's overwhelmed? Mm-hmm. Most of us. Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you, right? Need some help falling asleep? Oh, do I ever. Yeah, it's I'm always awake when the baby's not. I'm just just awake all the time. Uh, Needs help falling asleep. Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has a morning meditation that you can do with your kids. Headspace approaches mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Have you tried it yet? Yeah. I I, I listen to a meditation every night before I go to sleep. And then I've been trying to get myself on a morning meditation, but most of the time I just lay in bed until I absolutely have to go. Have to get somewhere yeah. and then you're late. I yeah. understand. Headspace is is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, 
And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash IDK. That's headspace.com slash IDK for free month trial. What do you got to lose? It's free month with access to Headspace full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash IDK. All right, Matthew. So what are are the roots of musical theater like? How did it begin? Jim said derived from opera. But how did it? Yeah, I mean, that's not far off. I mean, some people would argue that musical theater goes all the way back to ancient Greece and like Commedia dell'arte had dance and singing in it. But opera sort of in the 1800s was sort of the, the birth of like music and theater combined. And and Jim sort of hinted at this as well, like it the real sort of the place most people say where contemporary musical theater came from is operetta um, in France and Vienna, which then uh, basically was the combination in America of operetta along with vaudeville and burlesque and um, and yes, even minstrel shows that sort of combined uh, to create what we know of as musical theater today. Yeah, I didn't ask that. I was supposed to ask, what is vaudeville, too? But. Yeah, vaudeville's a tricky one. It always seems to be like, like it's like uh, some guy comes out and falls over a bit, gets some laughs, then a woman comes out and sings a song, and another bloke juggles, and then they do magic tricks that involve making your head look like it's elevating and coming back to you. Because <laughs> every time there's like some like 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 act like uh, the, the the boy with tape on his mouth or or um, men in coats or comedy acts, everyone's goes, oh, they're all they're vaudeville routines, and it's like. What are you talking about? You fucking been to vaudeville? Shut the fuck up! I don't even know what what is vaudeville. What, yeah. what does vaudeville mean? I don't know if that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, vaudeville comes is is a French term that basically was at the when it was in France was speaking towards a type of theater that included dance and ballet and everything. And then when it came to America, uh, it turned into sort of um, different segments. So 10 to 15 segments that would include singers, dancers, comedians. It's a variety uh, show. Over a hundred different vaudeville houses throughout the country. My grandfather was actually a vaudeville performer and his act was just to walk on a wheel. Right. <laughs> That's wow. where like the his Marx grand- Brothers got started. His grandfather's like also a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you you mentioned burlesque, I think, too, right? Because yeah, I when I first moved to Los Angeles, um, I was trying to get gigs wherever I could, and we would do stand up on these burlesque shows. And I never understood. I guess that, like, historically, that was a thing, but I just felt like when it I was a weird out dichotomy. There, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you look at, like, 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 I watched the movie Chaplin the other day. So, Charlie Chaplin basically played the best drunk you could play. Like, he fell over and he would act like he was in the audience, and then come up and try to light a cigarette and burn his hand and then mm-hmm. fall on his back. And so, all the like the stooges and all that type of stuff, there's a lot of slapstick in vaudeville, from what I can tell. Yeah. Yeah, I guess um, W.C. Fields is probably involved in that, too. Yeah, he's All right, so uh, what is the difference between musical theater and opera? Jim said all singing. Versus some talking. Some talking in musical theater. That, that's, I mean, that's basically what it is, right? right. You know, operetta, operetta is somewhere between opera and musical theater, right? And operetta was where they started to introduce the idea of some spoken text in a lighter um a thematically lighter themed story. Was I right in saying Gilbert and Sutherland was that type of, was operator and yep. stuff? Yeah. Totally is. Yep. I wonder when the first person that sang was, that must've been weird. Like everyone was just talking. 
And then some guy it, just... Yeah, it's like everything. It was someone <laughs> trying to play off something else, right? So there was a guy who was, who was rocking around, some kid kid of football into his nuts, and he went, oh, happy days. It was, it was Josh Gad's <laughs> grandfather. <laughs> uh, um, what are book musicals? Jim said Book of Mormon is one, Godspell, <laughs> all based on books. Um, so a book, I mean, Book of Mormon would be a book musical. Basically anything that was written post the show from 1943, for the most part, can be considered a book musical. It is the seamless integration between music, lyrics, and book. Book being the term that we use in the world of musical theater to denote the script or the spoken text in a show. So a book musical sort of like dramatically... The, the songs and the lyrics all work together to tell a dramatic story. Oh, I, I appreciate you hiding the answer to the other one, but you can say that the one from 1943, yeah. that was Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. Oh, it's, shit. That's, okay. I'll tell you, Oklahoma, I was in the musical Oklahoma. I played Curly in high school and it's the only, it's the longest word I can spell because of that song. Okay. L-A-H-O-M-A, Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma is the longest word. Yeah, you can spell. To this day. <laughs> if that comes up on Scrabble, I'm like, fuck it, I'm all over this bitch. Are, are there are there non-book musicals? Yeah, so there are like um uh sung just musicals that sort of are just music or they're like uh musical reviews or um so there so there are various like Godspell actually I wouldn't consider a book musical. I would consider that more of a uh, a sort of musical based around a theme that is all songs it's sort of like a musical it's like more rant like the book musical to to my understanding is like something that just creates the cohesive story where everything is cats considered a book or is that not book because that one's kind of jack i just want to go back to back to oklahoma for a second so so roger and hammerstein i believe that i can tell you the structure of every single roger and hammerstein musical they follow a very strict this is what happens Guy comes out, sings, I oh, want a beautiful morning or something like that, where he says, everything's perfect. My life can't change. I don't want to change my life in any way. Right. Then someone comes in, some girl that's about to change his life. And we know about it right away. <laughs> then someone always, Calamity Jane or Oklahoma, someone always comes back from the city to the small town and tells us what's going on in the city, right? <laughs> Just got back from the Windy City. The Windy City is mighty pretty, but they ain't got what we got. They do all that <laughs> stuff, right? And everyone's like, tell us about that. Is there someone on a telephone, you know? And so they do that. <laughs> then there's always one side uh, character, male or female, that has to sing a song like, I'm just a girl who can't say no. Like they do like that, <laughs> right? That's a song, right? It, it is a song. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not making that up. From Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always say, come on, let's go. Just when I ought to say Nick's when a fella tries to kiss me. I know I ought to give him a slap, but when someone tries to kiss me, I kind of really ought to kiss him back. <laughs> Can't do that song anymore. Anyway, nope. a lot of pressures as a woman. Wait, wait. When you say nope, Matt, do you really can't do that song anymore? No, you can, you can, but it it's sort of you wouldn't. I mean, you there's a lot of you songs one. that now, like I think, even in the last two years, as we've sort of like left the world of live performances for two years, I think there are certain musicals that one would raise an eyebrow to about uh, approaching again, just because of the gender politics of the show right. are um, tricky now. 
Yeah. Well, you, but even though you go to Sound of Music, she starts off like the hills are alive, the same, everything's perfect. Then a bit of thing comes in. Then she meets a fella. The fella changes the way her heart. Then there's side characters. Yeah, always the same formula. But what, what you're saying about how songs you got, I, I mentioned Freddie's song from My Fair Lady, which is uh, it's called On the Street Where You Live, right? And it's like, I have often walked down the street before. And okay. It's basically a guy stalking. Yeah. It's a song of a stalker, just a guy like, I'm standing out the front of your house <laughs> waiting for you to come out. Oh, that's a nice stalker song, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, what was the first musical? Do we know that? Or? Yeah, it's uh, Black Crook, which was um, 1908, I think. But yeah, Black Crook, yeah, no, sorry, 1860 uh, is considered the first musical. Black I, I know the first opera in English was Dido and Aeneas. That uh, doesn't help you. It was the first English spoken opera. That didn't even was sound that like English. English yeah. Dido and Aeneas. Yeah, it was about Greek gods and stuff like that. I, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> so, um, so, so then in 1943, Oklahoma ushered in the Golden Age musical theater. Oh, I didn't ask this. How did immigration play a role in musical theater? I don't know. Is that question's in here? I'm not sure why. What do you? What do you yeah. What do you yeah, mean? Immigration? There's an answer. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's an answer, yeah. <laughs> I didn't really just come up with random <laughs> shit and throw it in a document. Do you want me to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't yeah, know. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, it's in, it's, it is interesting because it's, you know, as with many things, many, uh, lots of different immigrants are coming to the island of Manhattan and bringing all of their, um, all of their car- culture and all of their artistic, um, traditions uh, and in so sort of everything combined to create musical theater. So uh, a lot of people say one of the starting places of the American musical was George Cohen, who is an Irish immigrant standing on stage and singing, I'm a Yankee doodle dandy, which was definitely like sort of a political statement to say, like, I'm the same as you um, Mm. at a time when Irish immigrants were being discriminated against. Then you have um, the Jewish immigrants and you have, the black immigrants coming up from the South and all of that converging together. Um, these historically at the time uh, underheard voices are sort of elevating their culture through art, uh, which sort of gave birth to the musical theater. Who, who was it who, who wrote, he was a Jewish immigrant and he wrote God bless America. Uh, and he used to sing it. What's his bloody name? He's like a famous. Irving Berlin. Irving Berlin, right? I always like that when I see some redneck going, God bless America. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, if you knew who wrote it, son. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like, and back, back then too, performers were mostly seen as like lower workers, right? Like now performers are like, you're, you go to the theater to see these performers and people are excited about it. Whereas it used to be more of like a lower class job. Yep. Oh, yeah. It and still so is in would, some comedy clubs. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> Yeah. And so they would, um, that, that was the thing is it it was interesting because people in the audience, the upper and middle-class people would come and watch it and look down upon the performers, but it was really one of the few ways that people with those talents could sort of like elevate themselves or one of the many. I feel like that's like uh, so much entertainment's like that, whether it's like, you know, musical theater or music itself or even sports and stuff like that. It, that has made that whole switch where it used to be like the audience or fans would come and think they were better than them. And now they're, it's that's flipped. Money. 
Yeah, no, I yeah. know, but it's interesting. And then the power is like shifted although, that way. Which although there's still not a lot of money to be made being in the chorus of a musical. Like it's a it's a tough fucking job. Oh, it's yeah. a real like because as I said, I studied it, and there was a moment in my life where I thought maybe that would be something I'd do for a job. And now I go to musicals and I look at them all doing backflips and running around the place, going "fuck," you know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have lasted five seconds. <laughs> Do you need someone to play a log? <laughs> <laughs> this is the log song. <laughs> I could be a log. Yeah, I could, I could play Mr. Cellophane in Chicago, the end. <laughs> um, uh, let's see here. What is the longest running musical on Broadway? You said Phantom, the Opera, or Les Mis, or Cats. I think it's Phantom of the Opera. It is Phantom of the Opera. Ah. Been on Broadway since 1988. Wow, I would have guessed cats. And I don't know anything about musicals, so I don't know why I would I guess that. Like I said, I've only I well, I've, I've cats, never, you, for a very long time, Cats was the longest running show on Broadway, right. and it had the tagline basically like from now now and forever, cats. Uh, so it sort of is in And then in, the movie came out and they stopped. Uh, they stopped I, performing. I think maybe in the West End in in um in the West End it might be Lame Is. Um, Broadway for it might be because they have that sign over Les Mis. They might as well they might as well put the sign up like our cast is tired. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. Wait, is Cats a good musical? I've never been a huge fan of Cats, I, but I know people who love it who who lose their shit over the, it. I've seen it a couple of times. The movie was so atrocious. Like you I had to be so high to even get. What the fuck does Jellicle mean? Oh, oh you don't know Jell. That's a Jellicle is Jellicles do. That's a, that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you all about Mister Mistopheles and what he got up to. Yeah, I um, I've never been. I, I guess my mom. I was just, it's just me and my mom growing up, and I think she was into. I think she liked the. Uh, what's the one? Hair. That was a musical. She liked uh, hair because she was a hippie, and that was like a hit. That was kind of like a that. Right. I have to credit my mother for my love of musicals. My mother was always watching musicals on the TV. And then in Australia, we didn't have what you have here in America. It's sort of similar to what we have here in LA. You have one show that's touring at the Pantages mm -hmm. and you go see that. And there was always one production, not just in your city, but touring around Australia. I think they have Hamilton at the moment, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so they just have this one musical tour. And so you really got to see one new musical a year and it was the one that was in town. And my mother took me to all of them. So one of the first things I did with my son when he was, you know, four or something like that, I, the first music I took him to was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when we were in London because I thought that's going to be a light. He's seen the movie and he'll have a like The thing about musicals now, modern day musicals, when you're talking like Aladdin, anything from the Disney world especially, it's a lot about production and a lot of fucking magic tricks. Yeah. You know, it's like Beauty and the Beast. When he changes from Beast into the Prince, you go, how the fuck did yeah. they fucking do? And then, like, you're watching Aladdin, like, that carpet better fucking fly. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> right? Everyone's dancing and hiding behind yeah. boxes and stuff like that. So, so I think for kids now, that's a little hook that sort of gets them into it. It's almost like watching a Cirque du Soleil show in comparison to the older one. Yeah, like that part in Wicked when she, like, flies up. Like, that's so... That's so profound. It's such a huge moment. Like Wicked is such a great show to see live. I, it, but I, I would, also, I would say it started with the chandelier in in Phantom of the Opera. We, we all heard this story that the chandelier is going to fall on top of you. You think you're going to be crushed to death, and it, it wisps off the thing. And the, the whole musical starts with a curtain over the chandelier, and then it rises up because it looks so perfect in the theater, like right. it's always meant to be there. But I think that would have been the first big, large prop. Am I right? Tell me. 
Yeah, that I was about to say, like that sort of started the whole move towards huge spectacle that led to like Miss Saigon with the helicopter. Right. And uh, yeah, the the chandelier was definitely sort of the beginning of the mega musical and the spectacle. Let's take let's take out Brigadoon, put in put in uh, uh, what's the name? What did you say? Miss Saigon. Miss Saigon. I love Miss Saigon. Miss Saigon was uh, was uh, was Miss uh, Madame Butterfly. Was it a rerun of yeah, Madame, Madame yeah. Butterfly? That was Based a good on one. the opera Madam Butterfly, yeah. Yeah, and so that was that's a hell of a good one. Have you seen Spam a lot? I have seen Spam a lot. Yes, 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 yes. Or Avenue Q? Obviously, I loved Avenue Q. Avenue Q is fan. Those those are in my top five for sure. I know a few guys who got to play the king in in uh, Spam a lot. They started giving it to, to local comedians as the cast got weaker and weaker. My brother was in it in Chicago because oh, my right. middle brother was a musical theater major at University of Miami. So. That's where I get any of my information from. So you guys have seen everything. I've, I've, like I said, I'm telling you, I've, I've only seen Singing in the Rain and Hamilton. I'll take, I'll take you to one. Yeah, we I'll talked. Find, to, I'll find you a good one. I'll take you to one. Because I, I, I always said ah, I'm not in the musicals, whatever. But I'm really in the tap dancing. <laughs> I love tap dancing. Uh, I, 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 and, I, I, and so, and so, someone told me watch Singing in the Rain. So I did. I like, yeah. I, I, there's, no, there's never been a more graceful dancer than Gene Kelly. He, he had it was something light on his feet, that man. But anyway. I'll tell you my tap dancing story. So, so, so I may have told you this already, but dancing was my Achilles heel in university and I never passed and I used to have to resit exams again. And when other students were moved forward in the class, I still had to get this one fucking dance step right. So anyway, we had tap dancing. Now in tap dancing, they have these things called time steps that you have to get right. And it's sort of like for your examination, do this time step, that's time step. And so they basically were going to pass me as long as my feet were doing the right thing. My head was down. I was hunched over like a hunchback <laughs> fucking tap dancing. I was not like. Anyway, so I lived in this uh, apart, this sort of two-story townhouse in um, Perth and it was all uh, terracotta tiled floors. So they weren't perfect space to 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 uh, tap on. You'd scratch the floors. So I, I bought this bit of wood and the only place, because it was quite a small place, the only place that I found that I could put this bit of wood to practice tap dancing on was at the top of the stairs. You can already see where this is yeah, going. I'm excited. So I woke up before, <laughs> I woke up before my exams. I'm still just in my underwear. I put some socks on. And some tap shoes on to practice these steps before I do the exam. I hit the side of the bit of the road. I cracked my head on the fucking stairs and I was unconscious at the bottom until my girlfriend came home. <laughs> you're, just, you're just in boxers and yeah, tap shoes. I'm, just in boxers. I'm so glad I didn't die because it's such a hard story to tell people how they found the body. Um, he died doing what he loved. We think. It, it felt like I was up to no good. Just in my underwear and tap shoes, just with blood hanging out of my head. Like, there's no Columbo couldn't have figured that one. There's right. no way he was just tap dancing. <laughs> Well, someone like me, Matthew, and I'm sure there are other people listening to this podcast that aren't necessarily in the musicals. Like, what what do you think I should watch? Like, or what I should see? Like, as like I mean, all, all I, I've seen I is those two. That, yeah, I love that Jim said he would fight anybody because West Side Story is the the greatest musical. Because I agree with that. Like, right. in terms of like something coming together so cohesively, I think West Side Story is unmatched. And West Side Story is about to have a new movie with. Uh, Steven Spielberg. Um, Spielberg directed that. I mean, so far the trailers for it look pretty decent. So I would encourage people to see that when it comes out this coming holiday season. Um, I, I, I think I, Spielberg is directing West Side Story. The musical has, has directed. It's already. It's in the editing oh. booth right now. It's okay. coming out. I had a. Ch I had a chance to be in the sitcom uh, one day at a time. 
Um, but I chose to do the Jim Jeffrey show instead. But I was I was going to be cast one day at a time, and I was going to be acting alongside of um, Rita. How do you say her name? Marino. Marino. And I was super excited because she was from West Side Story. She's also like ninety years old or something <laughs> like that. But I was super excited. Okay, so West Side Story. What other ones would you suggest? I mean, I think everybody right now loves Hamilton for for good reason. Like it is an easy easy way into the world of musical theater in a way that is responsive to the musical uh the the music of this moment. Yeah. Right. right. So sometimes it's hard to get people into musicals when you're like trying to push on them popular music from the 1950s and the 1960s. Mm. And unless, you know, you're like Jim and I and sort of were raised in the world of musical theater and have an appreciation for that time period. It can be hard to get people interested in that. Um, so, I mean, I feel like Rent, um, uh, Hamilton. You're directing Rent like, coming up, right? I am. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You start that very soon. I, I think. I do. Uh, I do. I, we, sorry, go Yeah, it's like the reopening of, of, uh, our theater after two two years. Oh, so. it's the first show in two years at your theater awesome. to literally pay the rent. <laughs> 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 I, exactly. I, I tell you what, I went I went along to Hamilton because I I like old musicals so much. I kind of went kicking and screaming like oh, I don't want to see people rapping and blah, 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 blah. and me and your brother went. Mm, yeah. Right, me and Scott went. And I had a wonderful time. We went and saw it. Me and Scott go to musicals together. Went in New York. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll start with those. Uh, Just watch, watch the TV show, Hamilton. Speaking of- I've seen Hamilton. I've seen, I saw Singing in the Rain, which I liked it. That's an old one, and I liked that one. You, but I, you saw a yeah. theater production of Singing no, in the Rain? No, I watched it, the movie. Oh, okay. Well, you got to go to a show, Forrest. Fucking hell. We'll find out what's at the Pentagon. I went to we'll a show. Go. The only musical I've ever been to, we were on a junior high school trip, and we were in Washington, D.C., but I was in junior high, and I just was, and we saw Godspell at the Ford Theater where Lincoln was shot, and I was just so <laughs> enamored by the fact that the president had been shot in this. I literally looked at the booth where Lincoln was shot the whole time. Like, oh yeah, we're watching, and it was uh, it, Godspell. Is that what I said? Yeah, yeah. Godspell. Yeah, but I I don't remember much of it at all. So yeah, I guess I got to see one live. I, I like I look. I like most musicals. I have a couple that I have little tiny like. Eh, I don't want to bloody do Fiddler on the Roof. It always looks like such a dreary uh, musical. I've, <laughs> I've seen that so many times, and it's just not pleasant every single time. <laughs> I still don't know what it's about. I Neither just, do I. I've seen it at least five times. I'm like, oh, I don't Is know. there a fiddler on a roof? I don't know. I've never seen it. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, speaking of rent, I asked Jim how many minutes are in a year. Yeah. Are there 10,621,600 minutes? minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and what four. was that? How does it go? 525,600 minutes. All right, so I was off by a few minutes. <laughs> 500, yeah, okay. 520, yep. that's that's a lot of minutes. All right, uh, who's Bob Fosse? Jim said, famous choreographer, Fosse Hands, Chicago Cabaret, directed Lenny. Yeah, his answer is perfect. That's, yeah, the Lenny, actually, that's a, the, not many people know that, so. That's where my comedy and musical theater taste exactly. collide into each other. I was yeah. like, Wait, oh, that's about Lenny Bruce? About Lenny Bruce, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. And Bob Fosse has is alive or no? He's passed away. Passed away. Yeah. Uh, okay. They've got a drama with um, Michelle Williams. Michelle, the, Michelle uh, Fosse Williams. And who's the guy? He's in it. My wife loves this actor. Um, who's the bloke? Sam. Sam. 
Yeah. Oh, Sam, he, he, he you know Sam. The, he was in three billboards, played the cop. Yeah, Sam. Oh, yeah, Sam, Sam Rockwell. Rockwell, yeah. Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I, yeah, he rocks. Well. <laughs> Rockwell. Ah. Whoa. Hey. That was an accident. Um, and I think Jim got, I don't know if he got these right. Cats was based on the work of which famous poet? Is it T.S. Eliot? I think I've got that wrong. I know it's. Oh, no, it's correct. I got it right. Wow. Boom. Yeah, it's a wow. poem. I Boom. What's the poem? I just thought it was a bunch of cats. It's a, it's a, it's a series of poems uh, written by T.S. Eliot. It's called so. The Jellicle Journal. So it wasn't about cats, the poems. It was about all this other stuff, and they made him the cats, or was that like the... No, it was his... So T.S. Eliot was basically writing a... Uh, he was speaking about sort of the hierarchy and the class system in in uh, London. Uh, and in telling or speaking about that, he did it through cats. Uh, okay, that that makes sense. Now. I didn't think T.S. Eliot wrote a poem about cats. So, um, and he, then, he, they were about cats, but they were like disguising, like how animal oh, so farms. So he did write a poem about cats. Okay. About animals, a metaphor, but it has a metaphor for other uh, things. I don't know. Is that did. a book musical? No. All right. No, yeah. that is it's a, a poem I mean, musical. It's a book I'm poem. just verifying. <laughs> I was cut off earlier. <laughs> Sorry, Matthew. Go ahead. <laughs> now, one could say there's like a journey to cats, but for the most part, it is sort of. Uh, it's just a bunch of songs. It's a bunch of the poems turned into songs and a bunch. I, I don't like the musical cats. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of cats either. And I love cats, but I don't like cats. What's the worst musical? Oh, is, to say? This is, that's an opinion. No, thing. I'm asking Matthew. What he, are you allowed what's, to say, Matthew? Cats. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just don't need adults acting like they're animals and then rubbing up against me in the front row. Get up there and sing a song next to your oversized fucking can of baked beans. Oh, they come down and rub on you? They jump around. There was one lady who tried to sue one of the members of cats because they act like cats. Yeah. They come and sit on your lap and shit. Sometimes they're a bit vagarious and they throw a leg up on your shoulder. But you know what you're in for right. when you fucking go to cats. <laughs> don't try to me to a fucking cat. They're doing <laughs> they're doing 10 fucking performances a week, right? There's going to be some audience collateral damage here. <laughs> right? This lady was like, and then the cat just grabbed my head and pushed it into a groin. I was like, get the fuck out of here. It's cat. <laughs> you gonna sue your cat when it comes and sits on your face? No, you just get irritated and move on with your day. Mm. Uh, Jukebox exactly. musical. Jim said is when you do things like Rock of Ages and take songs that already exist and put them in a storyline. I think you said Billy Joel too as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's what it is. It's, so that's it's like taking songs from one catalog and putting them uh, into a story. So right. uh, Rock of Ages, um, Motown the musical. Um, uh, moving out, which is the Billy Joel mu- musical. Yeah. Jersey Boys. Is that I, Jersey Boys? I, 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 t- I tell you the best jukebox musical, in my opinion. Mamma yeah. Mia. Mamma Mia, you have a good time at Mamma Mia. Yeah. You go along and you're like, they, those songs work perfectly. They have songs that actually tell stories in them about hope and joy and loss and love and all that type of stuff. Some of the other ones, there was a Rod Stewart one called I Am Sailing, which was, <laughs> they, they were trying to make those songs match together. It's like, it's like, hey, I'd like to go out with you. If you think I'm sexy and you want my body, come on, baby, let me know. <laughs> Um, and that's like a relatively more modern type of musical, the jukebox. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of, um, be 30 years now. There are, yeah, I'm sure there are probably earlier examples of a jukebox musical, but like they've picked up prominence in like the, the nineties and 
2000. And, and, and movies like Moulin Rouge really sort of pushed that along yeah. where that became sort of the, the Oh, I've the seen thing. that. Yeah. Okay, I've seen another musical. Uh, Did you see uh, – I didn't like La La Land. People love La La Land, but I didn't I didn't, I like, didn't like La La I liked The Heights. It just came out. I thought that was very good. I, I wasn't into La La Land. I, I, guess like I've La La seen, Land. I guess I've seen some more musical movies than I thought. I was on a but, bad date for La La Land. Um, <laughs> I love La La Land. Yeah, because the, the jukebox ones, it's funny because it's like Bruce Springsteen as a musical. I'm like, What? American Idiot, Green Day. Yeah. I love that one too. There's about to be a musical in DC that's all Britney Spears music. Ooh. Does she get the money? Ooh, I'm in. Does she get the money? It's called, uh, it's called One More Time. I don't know who gets the money. Yeah, I, if, I, if I, I couldn't go, I'd just stand out the front with a bit of cardboard that says free Britney tickets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, free Britney tickets, pretty good. <laughs> Free Britney tickets. That's a good one, Jim. <laughs> Maybe your best joke ever. Um, <laughs> which pop legend wrote the music for Billy Elliot? The musical he said Elton John. That is correct. Right. Elton John and the original casting in the, in the in the West End production of Billy Elliot was Tom Holland, who you all know as Spider Man, yeah. and his oh. father is a man called Dominic Holland, who is a friend of mine, who was a stand up comedian that I worked with, and I remember seeing Tom when he was just a little boy, this little five year old hanging out with his dad. And I hear you've directed Billy Elliot as well. I have directed and choreographed it here at, at Signature. Yep. What has been your favorite show so far to work on, work in, work on, whatever? What's your favorite? Uh, I'm so I was lucky enough to direct a production of West Side Story maybe like five or six years ago. That I, because it's my favorite right. musical. Um, we do at Signature. We do a lot of Sondheim musicals. So uh, Sunday in the Park with George. Um, uh, Passion, uh, Sweeney Todd, those are also all great. I, re- I reckon Stephen Sondheim is at the top of the ladder when it comes, when you're in university studying musical theatre. It's like if you come in and you sing an Andrew Lloyd Webber song at one of the classes, you're a fucking hack. Right? <laughs> and if you, if you come in and you sing Sondheim, this person knows Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> Send in the clouds. Oh, this person knows what they're talking about. <laughs> you're nodding your head. Is that accurate? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's interesting. You know, uh, Stephen Sondheim and Andrew Lloyd Webber have the same birth date um, and are considered like the two titans of the the American musical, uh, but are definitely polarizing. Like yeah. you either sort of land in the Sondheim camp or you land in the Andrew Lloyd Webber camp. I used to, in my 20s, I was very Sondheim camp and now I'm like, live and let live. I like them all. <laughs> yeah. but I, I, because, okay, so Stephen Sondheim was the lyricist for um, uh, West Side Story. Um, Bernstein, what's his name? Anyway, so, Leonard Bernstein. Uh, yeah, Le- Leonard Bernstein, right? So Leonard Bernstein wrote the music. Stephen Sondheim, I think, was like 21, what I, what I want to say. He was very, very young. And uh, he wrote the lyrics and there's there's things that are in that musical from like a young bloke that an older bloke probably wouldn't have done. Like j- just the song Maria is just the same word basically sung over and over and over and over and over again. And it's beautiful, but you, you would never, I don't know, it, it wasn't in the structures. It was like taking a risk. That was like yeah. a real different thing. But like my favorite, my favorite song from West Side Story is um, uh, There's Something Due Any Day I Will Know Right Away Soon As It Shows. All atonal stuff that yeah. goes off. And then Maybe Tonight. 
and it doesn't end on like a major drop, like a fifth to a first or mm-hmm. anything like that, and it leaves you going, ooh, ooh something there's, is about to happen. Te- it's like the tension there's some, in it, There's yeah. stuff in the music that's telling the story. Just the notes are telling stories yeah. more than just the dialogue and the thing. It's it's a, amazing. And like right before the interval, when they all come together and the Jets are going to have their way tonight and tonight, tonight, all the music's overlapping and it all comes together like fucking the end of Abbey Road, and you're like, this is brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. That is a great show. How how many um how many productions have you directed or or uh, Ooh, um uh I would say fifty or so in my you know say professionally I have either directed or choreographed over fifty plays or musicals. Wow. All right, all right, okay. I want to do a quiz with you and let's see if we can both do it. Let's name and you got someone might have to Google this. Okay. Let's name all of Andrew Lloyd Webber's musicals. In order, you can do one, then I'll do one. We'll go back and forth. I think I can do this. I think Hold I can on, do let this. Me, let yeah. me see if I have a list first. Uh, I think I can do this. Um, okay, yes, <laughs> I have them in order now. Okay, okay. So I believe number one is uh, um, Joseph and his amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. That's number two. That was his second one. He yeah. wrote that for the girls' school down the road, though. You've already blown it, Jim. Oh, then you I'm fucking out. suck at this game, let's, man. Uh, let's, I, he, he, I wrote, honestly, he wrote that for a local primary school. What was he writing before? The, for kindergarten? The likes of us in 1965 shows is first. Uh, bullshit. Bloody, I'm check with you. Okay, so after Joseph's amazing technical or dream coat. Yeah. Okay, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> I, believe, well, I, know, I, I thought Matthew goes. Yeah, that's okay, okay you, you go next. Okay. Is it Jesus Christ Superstar? I knew yes. Jesus Christ Superstar. I knew that one. Yep. Jesus okay. Christ Superstar. Okay, then I'm going to say it's Phantom of the Opera. No. No, fuck me. <laughs> By Jeeves. Uh, yeah. Is Never ca- heard of is that. Cats, but I don't know. I thought I knew this. Family Opera, Cats, fucking love changes everything or some shit like that. And <laughs> I think there's a lot of things in here that you maybe wouldn't have even heard of. No, there's, I don't know why. Evita, this is a long Evita list. After By Jeeves? What's that? Evita. Yeah, Evita's Evita. after that. Evita. Yeah, mm-hmm. fucking Evita. Some of Madonna's finest work. And we got Tell Me on a Sunday, then Cats. Tell me on a Sunday is a good musical. That's an underrated musical. That's a take me to a park that's covered. Huh? Yeah, it's a good song. All right, sorry, I've gone off the rails. Let's go back to Forrest. <laughs> that was a good experiment, Jim. You didn't. Yeah, I thought, I, I thought I'd do better, and then I got thrown when I didn't know the first one. <laughs> I mean, he wrote School of Rock. Yeah. Did he, he did write School of Rock, yeah. Did he write School of Rock? Good for him. Good work, Andrew. He's <laughs> good for him. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> His, his, his brother's like a very good cello player, and he used to live off the the name Lloyd Webber for a while, and then they'd bring him out and he'd play the cello when you couldn't get Andrew on a TV show. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, and Cinderella. No. All right, I was looking at the list. Um, I think that, that we've done all the questions because we were talking about Angela Webber there. Well, we uh, asked Matthew's number one, but we had Jim yeah. do his top five. Yeah, yeah. we want to hear your top. We've got to hear your top five. We have any crossover. We have one uh, crossover. Yeah, my top five. My number one would be West Side Story. My second would be Sweeney Todd. Oh, I like mm. Sweeney Todd too. Yeah. I've only seen uh, maybe. My third would be Cabaret. I don't agree on that one. No. You don't don't like it? No, I don't like that one. It's too smart. My fourth, my fourth would be Gypsy. I like Gypsy. Yeah. I haven't seen it. And, and my fifth would be Sunday in the Park with George. Mm. I've oh. never. I was about to go. Very good. I've never seen it. <laughs> Sunday in the Park with George. I, was, I just had that thing where it's like you might as well lie. Who's gonna know? 
<laughs> What's your favorite song? By the way? Oh, yeah, so every other musical so you know he's been singing. Songs, uh, <laughs> Too George is in the park. Georgie, Georgie, park, park. What is Sunday in the park with George about? Um, Sunday in the park with George is about. Uh, so as I describe it, you'll be like, that sounds dreadful, but it's about the creation of the pain the painting on the island of La Grande Jatte by George Surratt. And oh, it's yeah. about his relationship and his creation of that painting. And it was a, um, it's one of Stephen Sondheim's musicals with James Lapine and sort of, uh, sort of changed the, the direction of musical theater, particularly like uh, off Broadway and independent creation of musical theater. So. If, yeah. if anyone wants to know anything about Stephen Sondheim, you're listening to the podcast and you, you know, you, you're getting sneakily, uh, you're enjoying yourself. Um, uh, there was a very good, I believe HBO or Showtime did an excellent documentary on him maybe four years ago, which everything you need to know about the guy from when he started everything, you could go watch that. It's very good. It's funny when you said Sunday in the Park with George, I, I know the painting and I know uh, I, was, I just didn't know George was Surratt's first name. Cause like I, when I would study like art history, so I was like, I would just be Surratt. Does it have to memorize things? I didn't know it was George Surratt. Okay. Hmm. Got it. I, I wouldn't like have known that without the musical, so. Oh, I didn't even know <laughs> Hamilton was a person. <laughs> I thought he was just a guy on the money. <laughs> I don't look at the money. I just give it away. Now, for somebody who's, like, fully immersed in musical theater, do you ever get annoyed? Like, for me, my top five is mostly newer things and stuff like that. Does that annoy you when you're like, there's roots here? Like, I'm I'm excited by any person who loves musical theater, and if that means that their favorite musicals are Cats, and uh, I don't exactly, know exactly, exactly. Yeah. As long as people are getting into yeah. it, it's 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 like listening to pop songs, and then you might get deeper into other albums, and then find other things. It's I feel the same way about stand up comedy. When someone mentions a comic, I'm not going to mention any names because I don't want to get in trouble. People who are perceived to be hacks or shit or whatever, that guy's not funny. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm just happy that someone's into fucking stand-up comedy, man. Yeah. That, that yep. the art form that I've chosen to do for a living is being watched by people, whether it be my taste or someone else's tastes or whatever like that. Just people, because they might find me later on. Right. You know, they might. You I, know. But I even find in comedy, too, when people tend, when people, their favorite comedians are newer ones, you get these people who think that they own you know, comedy and they're like, oh, really? Well, I like, oh, I like, the old, the, the, you know, the older guys. The and it's of, like, the, fucking shut the up. The amount of people who are angry at me because I'm not still talking about cocaine and prostitutes yeah. is fucking beyond <laughs> me. Just like, he used to be good. <laughs> Maybe I grew up and you didn't. Or it's like, oh, you like Jim Jeffries? I, li I like George Carlin. Like, that's my, like, they always do yeah, they this, like, these legends. It's, it's like, oh, well, if you're, that's not your favorite comedian, then you don't know comedy. It's oh, like, yeah, shut yeah, up. Yeah, it's yeah, got to yeah. be Richard Pryor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when someone writes, oh, you're my favorite comedian, someone writes underneath, really? Have you watched <laughs> blah, blah, blah? Yeah, Exactly. Like, just let people like what they fucking right. like and fuck off. I have a question. Go away. I have a question. <laughs> uh, about because I mentioned Hamilton. So when I saw it, Lin Manuel Miranda, he wrote. Did he write the music too? He wrote everything. Wrote everything. Okay, right. so amazing. Like I watched it and it was really good. The first five minutes, I was like not sure, and then it was amazing. It was great. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, and I remember afterwards being like, wow, that was really impressive that he wrote all the the songs and music stuff. But he's in it. Is that common for the person that writes it to it's be very because he's I and I maybe maybe I'm wrong in this, but to me personally, he clearly was the least talented yeah. of the performers in that. Like I saw I saw it on Disney Plus and it was like Leslie Odom Jr. And um, I can't remember the other guy's name and the guy that played the king, like all those people. Mm -hmm. were, I was like, these guys are so good. Yeah. So it's not common for the, the person that writes it to be in it. Right. 
No, Lin-Manuel, you know, he he sort of made a name for himself when he wrote In the Heights, which he also starred in. And so, so, so it's sort of with his musicals has become expected that he is in them. But I think he also, well, actually, I don't know. He has he the might ch- he has, or not, I don't know. He has the chops to be able to do it, right? Yeah. So mm. if you look at like Yeah, I didn't say it was bad. I'm just saying everybody at, else was so good. Sutherland were a couple of fat guys with handlebar mustaches. They weren't about to come out and have a song, you know, like <laughs> Yeah. I, I always look I watched that documentary about and I know this is well it is musicals about those two guys, the Sherman brothers, who were the guys that wrote everything for Disney. And they used I to sit it. down the yeah. whole great documentary and they sat down the hallway and they used to write a spoonful of sugar and all that type of stuff. And they wrote those super colorfragilistic type of songs in the jungle book and all that type of stuff. And uh and those were just a couple of sort of blokes that one of them had had a cane, he'd come back from the war and was walking around. They'd never be bloody singing it. They didn't have much of a voice. And there's another good documentary on the Disney thing. The, the guy who wrote all the lyrics for Beauty and the Beast, and he also wrote the lyrics for Little Shop of Horrors, which is a great musical as Howard well. Howard Ashman. Howard Ashman. That, there's a documentary on Disney Plus called Howard, which is- I feel is, like you've promoted a lot of documentaries. No, but I watch podcast, a lot of documentaries, yeah. and I only tell you the ones that are good, right? I watch all the documentaries. This, this one, that one called Howard's very good. It's very. He, I don't think he lived to see- uh, Beauty and the Beast ever actually been made. He died of uh, AIDS um, hey. and uh, he, he was, I think, the first person to be given an Oscar. Uh, posthumously. After, after, posthumously, yeah. yeah. And, um, did you not know how to say that word? Yes, I did not know how to say <laughs> that. I, 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 I can only just spell Oklahoma, right? <laughs> so, you were so, like doing this. Uh, anybody wants to that's why I have Jack. <laughs> anyway, so so uh, that's I, a, I probably that's a very it. good. Doc- I would actually word. say I reckon I reckon the movie that's a fun little musical to watch. Uh, little Shop of Horrors, Rick Moranis, Steve Martin. That's a very easy to watch. I think Sunley Seymour is one of the great sort of music sort of songs, and it's a modern day musical of its time. People's sort of New York accents, Jersey type of feel. It's a good one. Well, and um, it has a big puppet, and who doesn't love them? I think that, um, I, I mean, I don't know everybody in our audience here, but I think there are a lot of people that probably are in the same boat that I am. And if so, then you've got some things you can watch now. Documentaries, musicals that Matthew suggested or Jim. And well, go, it out go, and give go it out and see West Side Story. Go out and see that because that's going to be a yeah. very palatable thing. It's, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, this man, if you're out there. There's never a better date movie than West Side Story. You want to take a girl to West Side Story, you're going to have a good time, man. I'm telling yeah. you. I'm not uh, saying she's going to have sex with you. I'm just saying <laughs> she'll enjoy the yeah, film. Yeah, the She Can't Say No song <laughs> is from Oklahoma, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So take her to Oklahoma. Um, all right, so this is part of the podcast called Dinner Party Facts. We ask our expert to give us like a fact that's obscure, interesting, um, that the audience can use to impress people if the subject of musical theater comes up. Do you have... Anything for us? Yeah, I had I had one, but since we've been talking so much about West Side Story, I think I'm going to change it. And right. that is, uh, <laughs> West Side Story was originally called East Side Story when they were originally <laughs> developing it. And it was about um, the relationship between an uh, Italian Catholic girl and an Orthodox Jewish boy. And in the development process, they decided that that relationship was not as interesting as uh, what it ultimately ended up being. 
Wow. Where, where East Side Story. East Side Story doesn't sound as good I, either. I, I, like, <laughs> I, like, I like how people in Manhattan think all the bits are so different. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking hell. It's a small island you can walk in three hours. Calm down, everyone. I've always thought that about Manhattan people when they try to act tough. They're like this. Hey, if you grew up in Hell's Kitchen like I did, then you're like, what, three blocks from the theater district? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I never went there. <laughs> Um, well, thank you for being with us, Matthew Gardner. And uh, again, you can follow him on Instagram at Matt C. Gardner, G-A-R-D-I-N-E-R. And his website is Matthew Gardner. And if you're in the D.C. area, right, that's uh, Go check out starting Rhett. next week, you said? or uh, Performances start November 2nd. So oh, November still- 2nd. Uh, so you go, got some time. Go along to that. Go, go along to, to that. At the uh, Signature Theater, correct? That's Correct. Um. All right. Any- I, I want to say is, oh, this is a joy for me. I love talking about this shit, and I don't get many opportunities hanging out with Forrest and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> Uncultured so, swine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could talk about this for another two hours. I really could. So thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. I really appreciate it. Thank uh, you. Last. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're ever at a dinner party and someone comes up to you and goes, you know, it was originally called North Side Story. <laughs> go, well, I don't know about that. And walk away. <laughs> okay, I just I just thought of something I want to mention just before a little bit of bonus. Well, extra. Matthew, Matthew just asked you a question. Yeah, Ma- it, Matthew said, aren't you meant to be for- performing in a Broadway musical or yeah. something soon? And I was like, not exactly. <laughs> What's happened is, and this uh, gig is, I think it's already happened maybe last week, yep. but I, I'm performing at the, the Beacon Theatre and uh, Jim Gaffigan, a friend of mine, he, he's performing at Radio City Musical. And the Tony Awards, because they haven't gone on for a while, yeah, are, now, years, yeah. Yeah, are now crying because Jim Jeffries and Jim Gaffigan took all the theatre spaces and we can't have the Tony Awards. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. I, bu- I booked this a year ago just because you're dragging your feet. Your whole business is theatres. Your whole fucking business is theatres. Get in there quicker. Don't tell me I have to refund tickets so you can have your award. Maybe I, I maybe you should- if you gave me an award, maybe yeah, if you found you a way we can come to some type of agreement. You should see if you could co-host it. Like you do your show and then you're like, now the Tony Awards. I, okay. got, I got a little bit of Hugh Jackman in me. I do. They knew how much Jim Jeffries knew about musical theater. Maybe they, yeah. you know, they could have had you be the host. I was at a dinner party the other night and there were some people there from RuPaul's Drag Race, right? And for years, I watched RuPaul's Drag Race for you bloody years. <laughs> and I was talking to Trixie Mattel and I said, they never let me be a judge. <laughs> I used to write to RuPaul going, I watch the show. I take it seriously. <laughs> I won't take the piss. I know everything about drag queens. Please let me be a judge. People started a small Twitter campaign. Never got to be a fucking drag. It's reverse discrimination. <laughs> How did I not fucking get that job? I really wanted it. I yeah. had enough profile. They were letting on bloody nobodies to be fucking judges. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm a somebody, but I knew I knew. This I feel stuff. like they had to think there was no way that you were genuinely a fan, but you've talked about it so many I times on podcasts so, and all that stuff. There like, was no way there wasn't a meeting where my name was brought up. <laughs> my friend worked for that company was trying to get you as a judge and just no one was taking it. They, 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 they thought they thought thought I'd get up and sit at the top and go, you're all a bunch of cunts. And walk out like, I was going to take it seriously. I'm very upset by the whole thing. Is but- it done now completely? Oh, no, no. RuPaul's oh, Drag Race is You still got a bigger, chance. Bigger got a than chance. ever. Yeah, you got a chance. We're going to make this 20. happen. <laughs> Guys, tweet with the hashtag. I mean, they, most people can't spell your last name, it turns out. That's all right. Jim for Drag Race. 
Yeah, is, that, yeah. is that the handle you just came up with? Yeah, hashtag yeah. Jim okay. for Drag Race. That's pretty good. Uh, I bet you're Let's glad you stayed on for this bit of the podcast. <laughs> I want, I want, I want y'all to do an episode now about drag. Me too. Oh, yeah. I, well, yeah. we we might we could possibly get Trixie. I think we're working. Oh yeah, because yeah, now you, you met her. Yeah. I, I met I met Trixie, and she's the number one drag queen in the world. Yeah. Right? And oh, she yeah. she does big theater. She does stand up and the singing. And Justin Martindale is really good friends with her. So and and we know Justin. Yeah, yeah, we can do that for sure. We've talked about it. We it's it's. It's it's uh yeah it'll be in the works we'll get it at some point so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I I was so cliche I was at the dinner party and I said like this I I must I, I wasn't even drinking you know when you you know when you think oh this is a good talking point I sort of I was a proud Australian and I went like this I looked at Trixie and I went yeah uh, and I didn't say you people but I said I said uh, I said uh, that Priscilla Queen in the desert must have helped you lot out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now, now you're not hosting Drag Race. Uh, no, I was like, I was like, it might brought it to the mainstream. Yeah, right? you just before, got- that was before Drag was where you, everyone went to the movies and watched it. It was become because it was more underground before that. I feel like that was a big moment. I think he appeased me and said, "Yes, it was." But then afterwards, I said, "I walked away from the party like this." Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, you idiot! Jim, you idiot. <laughs> it's Wong Fu. <laughs> no, two Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Is a movie they did after Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and it was a. Fa- we watched it one night. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think it was. A, I you, I thought it, you said it was bad. I didn't think oh, it was. Oh, it's bad. What's he? Sean Penn's brother gets in there and he, and he at one stage where to find homosexuals. One, one he says where to find gay people, and he was like ballet school. Oh my God. Flower shops. Like, uh, holy yeah, hell. I said, uh, if Justin, maybe I can find it real quick. Oh, uh, yeah, right. He has the list. He has uh, the list. And I was like, oh, God, no one's that dumb. Surely. <laughs> and I also, have it. I have the list. It's flower shops, ballet schools, flight attendant lounges, <laughs> restaurants for brunch. <laughs> For I can't, Wait, that's a list he has in the movie. I can't read what number five is. It's anti something. I don't know what it is. And also, they they uh, all go into a small town that has all these buildings and no roads. It's all dirt. It's like an old. It's, so a, it's a weird uh, I guess film. It's terrible. It's probably just a back lot somewhere. And and they don't really do it as a comedy, and they sort of do. And then you know Patrick Swayze's great and everything. I, I don't know why you won't do more movies. Um, <laughs> Hashtag Jim for Drag Race And Wesley Snipes stopped doing movies too It's weird <laughs> Alright mate, sorry for bringing you back for that mate <laughs> I appreciate it, see you next time Have a Bye-bye. good one Thank you all Alright, thanks Matthew <laughs>